0: M.S.W. Media This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com/dailybeans today to get 10% off your first month.
1: Moves with
0: Welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, August 14th, 2023. Today, as we speak, the Fulton County DA, Fonnie Willis, is presenting her case to the grand jury. Georgia prosecutors have messages showing Trump's team was behind the voting systems breach in Coffee County. Vanderbilt University is now under a civil rights investigation for giving transgender health records to the state attorney general. Police stage a chilling raid on a Marion County newspaper. Congressman Jamie Raskin promises a full report on the Trump family foreign money and the Fox Corporation's top lawyer has resigned. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Together again.
2: Hey, my friend. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm in your neck of the woods. I had the San Diego dinner last night. And what's really amazing, the teleprompter operator for our gala is a beans patron. I got to meet one of our people at the gala last night, which was wonderful. So that was a pleasure. We raised a lot of money for the human rights campaign, and it was a good night. So, yeah, I was in your neck of the woods. Amazing.
0: Leguminati operating
2: the lights. It was awesome. Well, the teleprompter, which is... Oh, excuse me, a teleprompter. ...is impressive, actually, because people like to drift off and say different things when they're not supposed to.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time I got a taste of that was uh, when Jenny was hosting the Webbies, right? And mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, there is a big giant teleprompter and she likes to riff. And so, the, yeah, it's got to be tough for that t- uh, teleprompter operator. So awesome. Amazing. And thanks for the work that you're doing. Truly. Absolutely. Truly incredible making a difference. I missed you, my friend, but we're I back. I you too. We're back and ready to go. We are back. My calculations paid off. Uh, in guessing that there wouldn't be any Georgia indictments last week. And that's why we took the vacation at that time, because it looks like it's going to happen this week. Also, Fox Corporation on Friday said its top lawyer, Viet Dinh, is exiting the company in a significant shakeup to its corporate ranks after the historic $787 million settlement with Dominion Voting Systems. He's leaving with a $23 million severance. Holy hell. And we'll be paid another $5 million to advise them for two more years. So I guess, uh, I guess $787 million settlement was a good job. <laughs> and uh, Judge Tanya Chutkin has granted Jack Smith his protective order over evidence in the trial. By the way, I'm going to be calling the, the you know, the coup attempt, the overthrow of the 2020 election, I'm just going to call that the trial from now on. The other one will be the classified documents or espionage case. But this can, I think, you know, like we have the fumble and the drive and the Ohio State University. I think we can just call it the trial, right?
2: It's the biggest one, I think, right now. We'll see what happens when Georgia unleashes their (laughs) indictments. But I feel like
0: right now this is the one that may get him into the most trouble. (laughs) The trial (laughs) 2.0 would be the Georgia. And DOJ has requested a January 2nd trial date. Judge Chutkin will set the trial date in a hearing August 28th. You know, she put forward in that protective order, she was like, look, Trump, I'm warning you, any more inflammatory statements, it's just going to make me want to get this trial done more quickly. And then of course today, or I should say on Sunday, uh, Donald Trump put out another inflammatory attack against the judge, and so now I think the chances of the DOJ getting their January second trial date just went up considerably. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that on the Jack Podcast. You should check out the latest episode; it's out now wherever you get your shows. All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Awesome. Hot notes. Baby. All right, Dana, this is from Zachary Cohen and Sarah Murray. It's an exclusive from CNN. Atlanta area prosecutors investigating the efforts to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia are in possession of text messages and emails directly connecting members of Donald Trump's legal team to the early January 2021 voting systems breach in Coffee County. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis is expected to seek charges against more than a dozen individuals when her team presents its case before a grand jury this week. Several individuals involved in the voting system's breach in Coffee County are among those who will probably face charges in the sprawling criminal probe. Investigators in the Georgia criminal probe have long suspected the breach was not an organic effort sprung from sympathetic Trump supporters in a rural, heavily Republican county, a county Trump won by 70 percent of the vote, by the way, with 70 percent. They've gathered evidence indicating it was a top-down push by Trump's team to access sensitive voting software. Trump allies attempted to access voting systems after the 2020 election as part of the broader push to produce evidence that could back up the former president's baseless claims of widespread fraud. While Trump's January 2021 call to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and efforts to put forward fake slates of electors have long been considered key pillars of the DA's probe, the voting system breach in Coffee County quietly emerged as an area of focus for investigators about a year ago. Since then, new evidence has slowly been uncovered about the role that Trump's attorneys the operatives they hired, and how the breach, as well as others like it in other key states, factored into broader plans to overturn the election. Together, the text messages and other court documents show how Trump's lawyers and a group of hired operatives sought to access Coffee County's voting systems in the days before January 6th, 2021, as the former president's allies continued a desperate hunt for any evidence of widespread fraud they could use to delay the certification of Biden's electoral victory. Last year, a former Trump official testified under oath to the House January 6th Select Committee that plans to access voting systems in Georgia were discussed in meetings at the White House, including during that super contentious Oval Office meeting on December 18th, 2020, where and he, Trump was in that meeting. Six days before pro-Trump operatives gained unauthorized access to voting systems, the local elections official who allegedly helped facilitate the breach sent a written invitation to attorneys working for Trump. That's according to text messages seen by CNN. Investigators have scrutinized the actions of various individuals that were involved, including Misty Hampton, former Coffee County elections official, who authored the letter inviting to Trump lawyers that's referenced in that text message and other documents that have been turned over to prosecutors. They have also examined the involvement of Trump's then-attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who was informed last year he's a target in this investigation, and fellow Trump lawyer Sidney Powell, who is, quote, fucked, according to somebody that <laughs> spoke to, uh, to somebody that was uh, you know being interviewed for ABC. On January 1st, 2021, days ahead of the January 7th voting systems breach, Catherine Freese, an attorney working with Rudy, Sidney Powell... And other Trump allies shared a written invitation to examine voting systems in Coffee County with Trump allies. That group included members of Sullivan Strickler, a firm hired by Trump's attorneys to examine voting systems in the small, heavily Republican Georgia county, That's according to text messages obtained by CNN. The same day, Free sent a letter of invitation to Coffee County, Georgia to former NYPD police commissioner Bernie Carrick, who was working with Giuliani to find evidence that would back up their baseless claims of potential widespread voter fraud. That's according to court documents filed as part of an ongoing civil case. <laughs> Friese then notified operatives who carried out the Coffee County breach and others working directly with Giuliani that Trump's team had secured written permission. Hmm. CNN has not reviewed the substance of the letter itself, only the communications that confirm it was provided to Friese, Carrick, and Sullivan Strickler employees. Uh, Friese couldn't be reached for comment. The messages and documents appear to link Giuliani to the Coffee County breach while shedding light on another channel of communication between pro-Trump attorneys and the battleground state operatives who work together to provide unauthorized individuals access to that voting equipment. Quote, Rudy Giuliani had nothing to do with this. That's Robert Costello, Giuliani's attorney. You can't attach Rudy Giuliani to Sidney Powell's crackpot idea. <laughs> oh, way to throw her under the bus. Quote, just landed back in D.C. with the mayor. Huge things starting to come together. That's an employee from Sullivan Strickler, who was hired by Sidney Powell to examine the voting systems in Coffee County. That's a group chat with other colleagues on January 1st referencing Rudy. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani was referred to as the mayor in other texts sent by the same individual and others at the time. Quote, most immediately, we were just granted access by written invitation to Coffee County's systems. Yay! Exclamation point. (laughs) Text Hmm. reads, ABC has reported Fonnie Willis is presenting her case to the grand jury today and tomorrow. Looks like the grand jury will likely vote on a true bill or no bill tomorrow. They'll vote on indictments. Two of the four witnesses that were standing by to testify got their 48-hour notices Saturday. They include former Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan and journalist George Sheedy. Anna Bauer says that in Georgia, they don't file indictments under seal. So we should know more at the end of tomorrow. Pete Struck and I will go over it all in detail on this week's Clean Up on Aisle 45 podcast.
2: We're turning into hot indictment summer. That's what we have now. And now I'm saying it's like an Oprah Winfrey episode. Like you get an indictment and you get an indictment. Check under your chair. You have an indictment. <laughs> yeah, my my guess is 17 indictments, but Ooh. we'll see. All right. Now this is from Raw Story. Appearing on ABC's This Week with host Jonathan Carl. Jamie Raskin, incredible man. He interrupted the host's questions about Hunter Biden's legal problems to announce a forthcoming report on all the outside money Donald Trump and his family raked in while in office. I love this guy. Now, with Carl asking about a special counsel being appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland to look into President Joe Biden's son's business deals, the Maryland Democrat changed things up by bringing up Trump's, the entire family. And this is a quote, We're going to release a report about all of the foreign government emoluments and millions of dollars we can document that Donald Trump pocketed at the hotels, at the golf courses and through business deals when he was president and that his family got. That's what he told ABC's hosts. He then added that attacks on President Biden have come up empty, explaining, and I quote, they haven't shown any criminal corruption on his part at all. They have not connected the president to anything his son has done over and over and over. Now, what they've got is Hunter Biden, he elaborated and went on to say, and we've all seen that this guy was addicted to drugs and he did a lot of really unlawful and wrong things. And we have said, let the justice system run its course. That is what you do when even one of your, quote, own breaks the law. Now, turning to the avalanche of legal problems the former president is facing, including two federal indictments, he took a shot at his Republican colleagues. And again, this is a quote from the story, and I love it. Now, they're not saying that about Donald Trump, he accused. Anytime Donald Trump actually gets indicted after a grand jury has already determined that there's probable cause, they attack the prosecutors. They attack the judges. Raskin's not holding punches, and I am here for it.
0: No, it's absolutely great. And he was also like, um, you know, he didn't have anything negative to say about Merrick Garland appointing David Weiss as special counsel. No. And the reason is, is this is really kind of a procedural thing, right? Because there was a plea deal that was going to happen. And then the DOJ didn't put the details of potential future crimes in that plea deal. And when it came out in in court in a hearing, Hunter Biden's lawyers were like, well, we're not going to take that deal then and, you know, take us to court, right, on two tax misdemeanors. We dare you, you know, fine, we'll go we'll go to trial. And in order to bring charges now, because, you, you know, he's the Delaware U.S. attorney David Weiss, and he can set up a plea deal. But if he's going to charge those two tax charges, he has to do that in a different jurisdiction, which means Uh. he has to seek five fifteen authority or you know become a special counsel. That's why he went to Merrick Garland and said, "Well, I got to charge this case and take it to trial. You got to make me a special counsel because I got to bring these charges in Southern District of California or maybe future potential FARA violations or whatever in D.C. And I'm the U.S. uh, attorney for Delaware, so." That's why Merrick Garland was like, all right, well, okay, you're you are special counsel. And now he's going to he's going to bring these charges, maybe. I mean, they might still come to some sort of a plea agreement, but he's going to lose. And meanwhile, this Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has said that the gun charge Hunter's charged with is unconstitutional. Oh, boy. So, you know, that charge might go away, even even if though it's in the Fifth Circuit, which only covers certain states and, and probably not California or D.C. or Delaware. In fact, it doesn't. But if it goes to the Supreme Court, it, it could. And so that charge might be off the table. We'll see. But, you know, I, I don't have any problem with this uh, special counsel. And I do hope that uh, that uh, Jared and Ivanka are being investigated for oh, you know, that too. two billion, two billion dollar Saudi payout. But I don't think a special prosecutor is necessary there because. There's no plea agreement that fell apart that now has to have charges brought in a different jurisdiction. Charges can be brought against them in any jurisdiction with a Joe Biden appointed U.S. attorney, wherever it's necessary. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, that makes sense. They, you know, the DOJ can run that investigation itself. I sure hope it is. But uh, that's not something a, a special counsel is required for. All right. From Sherman Smith, Sam Bailey Uh, Rachel Mypro and Tim Carpenter at the Kansas Reflector in an unprecedented raid Friday. Local law enforcement seized computers, cell phones and reporting materials from the Marion County Record Office, the newspaper's reporters and the publisher's home. Eric Meyer, owner and publisher of the newspaper, said police were motivated by a confidential source who leaked sensitive documents to the newspaper. And the message was clear. Mind your own business or we're going to step on you. The city's entire five-officer police force and two sheriff's deputies, every cop, took everything we have, Meyer said, and it wasn't clear how the newspaper staff would take the weekly publication to press Tuesday night. The raid followed news stories about a restaurant owner who kicked reporters out of a meeting last week with U.S. Rep. Jake LaTurner and revelations about the restaurant's owner's lack of a driver's license and conviction for DUI. Meyer said he'd never heard of police raiding a newspaper office during his 20 years at the Milwaukee Journal or 26 years teaching journalism at the University of Illinois. Quote, it's going to have a chilling effect on us, even tackling issues, he said, as well as a chilling effect on people giving us information. The search warrant signed by Marion County District Court Magistrate Judge Laura Viar appears to violate federal law that provides protection against searching and seizing materials from journalists. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah, the law requires law enforcement to subpoena materials. Instead, now, Viar didn't respond to a request for comment for this story or explain why she would authorize a potentially illegal raid. Emily Bradbury, executive director of the Kansas Press Association, said the police raid is unprecedented in Kansas. Quote, an attack on a newspaper office through an illegal search is not just an infringement on the rights of journalists, but an assault on the very foundation of democracy and the public's right to know. This cannot be allowed to stand. Meyer reported last week that Marion restaurant owner Carrie Newell had kicked newspaper staff out of a public forum with LaTurner, whose staff was apologetic. Newell responded to Meyer's reporting with hostile comments on her personal Facebook page. A confidential source contacted the newspaper, Meyer said, and provided evidence that Newell had been convicted of drunk driving and continued to use her vehicle without a driver's license. The criminal record could jeopardize her efforts to obtain a liquor license for her catering business. A reporter with the Marion record used a state website to verify the information provided by the source, but Meyer suspected the source was relaying information from Newell's husband, who had filed for divorce. Meyer decided not to publish a story about the information, and he alerted police to the situation. We thought we were being set up. Meyer said. Police notified Newell, who then complained at a city council meeting that the newspaper had illegally obtained and disseminated sensitive documents, which isn't true. Her public comments prompted the newspaper to set the record straight in a story published Thursday. Sometime before 11 a.m. Friday, officers showed up simultaneously at Meyer's home and the newspaper office. They presented a search warrant that alleges identity theft and unlawful use of a computer. Officers injured a reporter's finger by grabbing her cell phone out of her hand, Meyer said. Officers at his home took photos of his bank account information. He said officers told him the computers, cell phones, and other devices would be sent to a lab. Quote, I don't know when they'll get it back to us. They won't tell us. They seized computers, server, backup, hard drive, including advertisements and legal notices that were supposed to appear in the next edition of the paper. Quote, I don't know what we're going to do. We'll have to publish something. Newell wrote Friday under a changed name on her personal Facebook account that she foolishly received a DUI in 2008 and knowingly operated a vehicle without a license out of necessity. Quote, journalists have become dirty politicians, twisting narratives for bias agendas full of muddled half truths, she wrote. We rarely get facts that aren't baited with misleading insinuations. She said the, uh, quote, entire debacle was brought forth in an attempt to smear her name and jeopardize her licensing through ABC. Dude, you can't. (laughs) <laughs> they, just want, <laughs> they just want to harm my business, seek retaliation, and for personal leverage in an ongoing domestic court battle. Quit breaking the law. Anyway, at the law enforcement center in Marion, a staff member said only police chief Gideon Cody could answer questions and that Cody had gone home for the day and couldn't be reached by phone. The Office of Attorney General Chris Kobach wasn't available to comment on the legal controversy in Marion, which is north of Wichita in central Kansas. Melissa Underwood, communications director for the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, replied by email to a question about whether KBI was involved. Quote At the request of the Marion Police Department on Tuesday, August 8th, we began an investigation into allegations of criminal wrongdoing in Marion, Kansas. The investigation is ongoing. Meyer, whose father worked at the newspaper from 1948 until he retired, he and his wife, Joan, bought the Marion County Record in 1998, preventing a sale to a corporate newspaper chain. As a journalism professor in Illinois, Meyer said, he had graduate students from Egypt who talked about how people could come into the newspaper office and seize everything so they couldn't publish. Those students presented a scholarly paper at a conference in Toronto about what it has done to journalism there. Quote, that's basically what they're trying to do here, said Meyer. The intervention is just like that repressive government in Egypt. I didn't think it could happen in America. Joan Meyer, Eric's wife, died Saturday after Mm. collapsing in her home just hours after the raid, after making these comments. Meyer was in good health for her age, the weekly newspaper asserted, and the headline of its report on her death said the police's decision to raid the Marion's Records office along with the homes of its reporters and publishers was not only illegal, but had contributed to bringing on the end. Of Joan Meyer's life. I hope people are held accountable for this. Me too. I really do. All right,
2: A.G., thank you so much. I wish we were moving on to good news. This is also in a very disturbing story. This is from ABC News. It seems Vanderbilt University Medical Center. They are facing a federal civil rights investigation after turning the medical records of transgender patients over to Tennessee's attorney general. This is from the hospital officials. They have confirmed this. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services investigation comes just weeks after two patients sued VUMC for releasing their records to Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti last year. And this is a quote from the story. We've been contacted by and are working with the Office of Civil Rights. This is from John Hauser; He's a spokesperson. He said this in a statement on Thursday and went on to say, we have no further comments since this is an ongoing investigation. Now, VUMC has come under fire for waiting months before telling patients. Months. In June, that their medical information was shared last year, acting only after the existence of the request emerged as evidence in another court case. They didn't; even, they, they had no plans of saying anything at all. Mm. The news sparked alarm for many families living in the ruby red state, where GOP lawmakers have sought to ban transgender affirming care for transgender youth and limit LGBTQ rights. The patients suing over the release of their information, say VUMC, VUMC, should have removed personally identifying information before turning over the records because the hospital was aware of Tennessee authorities' hostile attitude toward the rights of transgender people. Many of the patients who had their private medical information shared with Scremetti, his office, are state workers, by the way, or their adult children or spouses. Others are on 10 care, which is the state's Medicaid plan. And some were not even patients of the UMC's clinic that provides transgender care. They weren't even their fucking patients and they gave out the information. And this is a quote from the story. The more we learn about the breadth of the deeply personal information that VUMC disclosed, the more horrified we are. This is from attorney Tricia Hertzfeld, who's actually representing the patients. And she went on to say, our clients are encouraged that the federal government is looking into what happened here. HHS did not immediately respond to a request for comment regarding the civil rights investigation. Meanwhile, Scrametti has maintained he only requested VUMC patient records because he's involved in a, and I quote, run of the mill investigation over possible medical billing fraud and that he's not targeting patients of their families. Bullshit. Yeah, Scrametti has continued to attract skepticism from Democratic lawmakers and civil rights advocates after he joined a group of Republican attorneys general in opposing a proposed federal rule that would limit how law enforcement and state officials collect the medical records of those who flee their home state to receive abortion services or transgender health care. This is not a fucking coincidence. This is not run-of-the-mill. Scrametti is also defending the state's gender-affirming care ban. For transgender youth and has repeatedly praised a federal appeals court decision to allow the law to temporarily go into effect. Now, Scremetti's office says that they had, and I quote, not heard anything about the civil rights investigation. Spokesperson Amy Wilhite says, turning a disagreement about the law into a federal investigation would be plainly retaliatory and would reflect a dangerous politicization of federal law enforcement. This story is horrifying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we covered it when, when you know when this first broke a little while ago, and and now we have the Joe Biden administration launching a civil rights investigation. So I'm very glad that the um, President Biden's administration and Health and Human Services is is looking into this because it's terrifying. I agree, frankly. All right, we have some good news submitted. We've got a Faint whole like a baby Jesus. <laughs> we have like a whole tranche of great of great news that we weren't using last week, so this is going to be fun. And uh, if you have any good news, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. But we need to take a quick break. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back.
1: After these messages, we'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp is not a crisis hotline. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. Start living a better life today. You know, there was a time I stood at a crossroads With every path shrouded in uncertainty, and anxiety makes that 10 times worse. Career shifting, you know, all that stuff with having to leave the VA, relationships needed care, uh, the right way forward seemed hidden. Uh, And if that sounds familiar to you, many of us have been there. But with the right approach, support, and tools like therapy, those foggy paths can become clear. It's a journey of self-discovery and trusting that you have the inner strength to navigate through the unknown. Therapy is versatile. It's a versatile tool for personal growth, not just a remedy for severe trauma. But it's about acquiring positive coping mechanisms, understanding how to establish boundaries that work for you, unlocking your true potential. You might be seeking guidance on handling everyday challenges or striving for deeper personal insight. Whatever the journey, therapy can be the compass guiding you toward greater self-awareness, resilience, and fulfillment. If you've been considering therapy, try BetterHelp. It's an online platform. It's designed for convenience and flexibility, fitting right into your schedule Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist, and if you ever need to switch therapists for any reason, it's simple and free. With BetterHelp, therapy is tailored to your needs. Let therapy be your map. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/slash/dailybeans today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash dailybeans Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Or near. Good news. Good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, if you want to play what the mutt, what the heck wine, if you want to give a shout out to yourself or a loved one or a small business in your area that could use some support or tell us about your small business or what you're creating and making, or if you have a Woobie story, anything you want to send to us, you can send it to us at uh, dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And I wanted to just um, read this uh, from Buffy Nakachi Aloha, all. My neighbor island, Maui. Is devastated. So many people are without everything. So many lives lost. So much historic Hawaii is gone. If anyone can help, these are two reputable places to donate. Mahalo Nui Loa to the Beans Ohana. And the links to these reputable resources for donation are going to be in the show notes. And um, my absolute heart, all my thoughts go out to the people of maui and hawaii um it's absolutely devastating what happened and i mean it's just it's devastating if you see the videos
2: there's no words there is no words my my the same my sentiments go out if you can help please do um yeah it's it's the the pictures are breathtaking in the in the worst possible way
0: Absolutely. And um, the Biden administration is there. FEMA's on the ground doing everything they can. Uh, and I hope we can rebuild um, because it's it's just devastating. Uh, and they already had a housing crisis, you know. Yeah. So um, again, hearts out. And just thank you for that, Buffy, for, for providing these links where we can donate and help. All right, first up from Anonymous, no pronouns, gentle correction on how to pronounce Nevada as it seems, seems to be. This one's for me, by the way. <laughs> as it seems to be a sensitive topic with Nevadans. There was a commercial done on how to pronounce it. Nevada, where VOD rhymes with bad, is the correct way. Nevada. Nevada. Nevadans. Look, I already fucked it up and I haven't even got the pre correction. Love you, ladies, and all that you do. Everybody got it? Nevada. I got Bad. it. Bad. Nevada. Nevada. All right. Yes. Because Breaking Bob would be a weird show. That would be true. Yep.
2: I don't know what to say about that joke, so I'm going to move on. Anonymous, pronouns she and her, thought I would share an inner monologue I had on the bus while listening to the beans. So now that Twitter's called X, does that mean instead of tweets, they are X's? As in, man, my X's are out of control. Or do you realize how many X's I have? I feel this wasn't thought through <laughs> or my ex went viral. Really sounds painful. <laughs> Love you both. Keep up the great work. And the Cheeto will be wearing stripes soon. From your mouth anonymous to Goddess's ears. Love you both. Um, got that one done. pet tax is my little foofy chewy. Mm. One asking for belly rubs and one sharing a snooze with his grandpa.
0: Mm.
2: Grandpa's out cold. Very peacefully, though. Oh, that is adorable. Hi,
0: babies. Yeah. Um, tweets are called sheets, I guess, with an i I'm X. sorry, what? Yeah. Uh, sheets. Uh, like, I don't know. It's whatever. It's the tweets. It's Twitter. <laughs> the tweets. Yeah. Well, now at least
2: Elon Musk knows what it feels like to be dead named motherfucker.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, next up from Jim, pronouns he and him. Just a 100% P&T vet celebrating justice in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Here are Pippa on your left and Gary on your right. I love Gary. My three and five month old Jack Russell terrorists, Terrorists. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I love Gary for a dog name, by the way. Wore Run. this shirt out shopping at lunch with my daughter on the 1st of August. The indictment's actually dropped. Champagne is on ice. Shout out to Potcake Place in the Turks and Caicos, a rescue for the island's stray dogs. We went for my wife's 60th birthday and fell in love with these little guys, but had the two jacks you see in the picture waiting for us when we got home. Potcake Place has an agreement with the U.S. government to let all its rescues in without any quarantine or inspection, making it super easy to bring a pup home. That's brilliant. So if you want a super chill and tropical vacation where you can come home with a rescue dog, Turks and Caicos fits that bill. Keep it up, AG. And DG, you make life bearable for us all out here in the wilds. Ah, you were wearing your Crimes and Crimes and Crime shirts on August 1st. Oh my God,
2: so sweet, though, this picture.
0: Oh, these puppies are adorable. Yeah, I got to check out
2: Turks and Caicos uh, at some point. Oh, you do. It's stunning. I've been there twice and it's absolutely beautiful.
0: That's like a, that's a big birthday type trip, I feel. That's not For something sure. I could just be like, yeah, I'm just going to head out to Turks Caicos. See ya. You know? Well, if you <laughs> pop over from the East Coast, it's closer than you think. Well, um, I might have to do that yeah. then. I don't know. We'll see.
2: All right. This is from Brandy. Pronouns she and her. Hello, bean queens. Uh, Today, I have a bit of self-brag. We love it, Brandy. Bring it on. After being severely ill for years due to autoimmune diseases, I finally got back to being able to work again. I was able to get a job at a local cannabis dispensary, and it's been the best move of my life. I love helping people find medicine that works well for them. The people I work with are bonded like nothing I've ever seen before, and we recently unionized. Nice. Nice. This is the most money I've ever made in my life, and I cannot believe this dream job is now union. Stunning to me. I've never had this in my life and I'm so happy. We also just recently bought our first house and life couldn't be more perfect. To say I'm proud of myself is an understatement. We're proud of you too, Brandy. Hmm. Uh-huh. For pet tax, I've added a picture of my sleeping baby. His name is Maynard. And yes, he has his own pillow. I would be amazed if you could guess his breed. I have no answers. I just thought he was a hundred percent mutt. Yep. Thank you for so much for bringing us the fact-based news for hope in the face of tyranny and for the laughs and good news. It really does help. Oh my God! Look at this pup.
0: Oh, this that is looks, a happy baby. This looks like part Jack Russell and part because yeah, if you look at that second picture, yeah, that looks terrier with the so, and maybe a cattle dog. But yeah, pity. Look at oh the my smile. God, so
2: cute. Oh. Thank I feel you like your goodness. dog's teeth look better than mine do right now. And I, I have a pretty good
0: smile. <laughs> yeah, those are nice. You use white strips on this dog. I know. That's, that's a good smile there. Um, and Brandy, congrats. What a cool fucking job. Absolutely. I know a couple of bud tenders at our local dispensary. And I, my favorite thing is, you know, them being able to help folks out who are looking for very specific things, very specific medicine, and uh, being able to find it there. It's just truly what a cool, fulfilling job. So thank you. Uh, next up, from your loyal listeners, Ryan, Laura, and Emery. Good day, Beans Pod crew. Bit of a story for you guys, but it's a good one, I promise. I've been a listener, along with my wife, since the early days and a patron since the Daily Beans started, usually putting you guys on the nest hub in the mornings while running around a kitchen. And I felt the need to tell you that you all, hosts and crew behind the scenes, have been a force for good in this world, especially our little world that is our family. Back during the beginning of the pandemic, you were a voice in our ears helping us get through the worst every day, especially since my wife was pregnant and having a horrible time being quarantined away from everyone, including our own family for long parts of it. We also had some dear friends going through the same thing while living in Australia, and our best connection was Zoom calls at random times in the morning or night, depending on everyone's schedules. Once both women had given birth, a little later on, there were now two little girls that would get to know each other via those same Zoom calls. It was not unusual for me to walk downstairs in the morning or evening, and my wife would be on the tablet propped up while chatting, and they are a regular appearance in our life, so I made sure to keep my pants on. (laughs) Uh, Well, finally, after over three years of Zoom calls, they've been able to come home for a visit, and our little girls have finally met in person, and they hit it off immediately. We've been spending a lot of time with them since they've been home, and it's like we're all one big family, even if it's a tight squeeze in our house. Attached is a photo of Emery, blonde, and my daughter, and Zoe, redhead, serving up some ice creams together and having a blast. Thank you for everything you've done these past few years, and hopefully the giant Cheeto is behind bars soon. Look at these beautiful babies.
2: (gasps) I also love that everyone keeps calling him a giant Cheeto in the good news submissions today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's that universal leguminati, you know, we're all sort of on the same, operating in the same plane there. Look at that beautiful, beautiful baby.
2: Gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous kiddos. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. This is from Irish Goddess, pronouns she and her. It's time for an update on my trans daughter's journey to become her true self. When last we left our heroine, we successfully shopped for her first girly clothes from the local Torridge stop. On Monday, we received the signed court order that legally changes her name. This is so big. Oh, my God. This is awesome. This step has some stumbles because someone forgot to order the actual FBI background check. Oh, my God. Oh, that's me. I forgot. (laughs) I'm the dingus. That's hysterical. (laughs) Sorry, Irish goddess. Uh, But we got the petition filed with the court last month and we finally got the signed order. She has an appointment with the DMV to get her new driver's license and has already ordered her new social security number. I'm going to be sending off the documents to get her new birth certificate. I could not be happier for my baby girl. For pod pet tax attached are pics of my daughter with her order and Ripper begging for belly rubs. Oh my God, this makes me so happy. Incredible. The joy, and I know a few of my trans friends, the joy they have had getting either a new driver's license or an official name change on a government document, it is so fulfilling. Mm. And I just, I'm so glad that, that this has happened for your daughter. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for keeping us up on this, this process and this journey.
0: It's, it's lovely to be a part of it. She looks, she's glowing. She's so happy. Yeah, just truly incredible. Um, and that, the joy, you can see it in her face. Look. Yeah. It's just, it's like overflowing joy. Thank you, everybody, so much for submitting your good news. Again, in the show notes, links to donate to help the people of Maui. Um, thanks again for providing those links, Buffy. And uh, we will uh, keep asking you for that good news. We're going to be here all week with you uh, on the beans. We're going to be looking forward to those indictments uh, coming down in Georgia. Yes, we are. And uh, yeah, get the champagne ready. Get your towels ready. It's about to go down. Uh, that's from I'm on a boat, just in case you were wondering <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, just so you all know, people, I'm just staring back at her on the Zoom call. I have <laughs> no idea. I know a lot of you do know what she's talking about this when
0: I'm lost. I'm on a boat with T-Pain and uh, Andy Sandberg. Love it. All right. Anyway, we will see you guys tomorrow. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here, Dana? I do not. All right. Until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and congratulations, Ohio, for Woo-hoo. saying no on issue one. And for taking everyone you knew with you. woohoo! Everybody, we'll be back tomorrow. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane, with art and web design by Joel Reader with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. M-S-W-Media.
1: Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis,